Welcome to Speaking Candidly with Candace, where we talk in depth with individuals struggling with mental health. I'm your host, Candace Schoner, and I hope by sharing their experiences, you will gain insight into your own mental health and be inspired to live your very best life. Today, I am excited to be with my guest, Ty Cooper, an award-winning producer and director, to talk about his latest project, Amanda. Amanda is a story of love, trauma, relationships, art, and community. Ty, welcome to the program. Yeah, well said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I haven't seen the full film, as you know, but I have seen clips and uh, promos, and it sounds fabulous. I understand not only did you produce and direct it, but you also wrote the script based on your own personal experiences. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I wrote it. Um, I pulled from my family and, you know, the hardships that we've um, endured due to um, cancer, for one. And, um, and also just kind of looking around the community, and if you're observant, you'll see things that you could pick up on and use as um, motivational um, factors. And, you know, I always believe that you, um, that inspiration comes from within, mm -hmm. but I do believe that you're motivated from external factors. So I look at my community, I look at the people around me, and I always try to put their stories in my scripts. Why did you think that this was an important story to tell? Um, well, you know, I wanted, one, for one, I wanted to tell a complex story in the most simple way. Um, and when I say simple, I mean not having a whole bunch of different things that are distracting, really having some simple coverages. And what I mean by coverages, I'm talking about the shots, right? You know, the camera angles and the shots and stuff like that. Um, really want to have some things that people could really just sink into the story. And the story was important for me to tell because trauma, you know, we, you know, we as individuals, we suffer from trauma, we deal with trauma. And sometimes our trauma is not displayed um, to the public. Sometimes we deal with it internally. Exactly. Sometimes we don't get, you know, we don't get counseling. In the black community, this is not a black film. The lead actor is a white woman, 28-year-old white woman, but um, her love interest is a black guy. So I try to make sure that, um, that, you know, that I represent different, not just kind of just one, just one angle and, um, of life and, and community. I wanted to really show different people coming together a community as we stated in the introduction. So for me, it was, um, it was really important to tell the story because the story is very relatable. We have a complex individual, but you don't know that the person is complex. But you would know the person is complex if you look within your own self and realize that you are complex. <laughs> we are all complex exactly, individuals. Exactly. And, um, but some people look like they have their stuff together when you see them. But you don't know when the person is dealing with, um, you know, a mother who died when she was nine years old from cancer, and she had to hold that trauma from nine years old to 28 years old because she doesn't remember anything much about her mother other than the mother's suffering. So imagine a child, a person, you know, that just within them, but they don't deal with it. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about this particular story and the trauma because we're all about trying to educate people about what they can do to deal with their mental health issues and one of the big things is talking about the problem because we have a tendency to be silent when we have trauma or any mental health because there's that stigma. So in your film, when does Amanda start realizing that the trauma she's holding is affecting her life? 
she never realizes it. Oh, you know. Are we giving away the plot now? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you the plot, <laughs> but she never, she never actually realizes it. Um, she knows it's heavy on her, right? But you know, she has a community at this coffee shop. You know, she has these characters um, who she actually considers as friends, um, in a way. You know, she leans on them, she goes to them, she seeks approval. But um, she doesn't really understand um, her struggles because for her, she's been living with this stuff since she was nine years old. So for her, it's, it's life. It's right. just what it is. It's, you know, she has a very small, she doesn't really open up to people, but she still has a community, you know, and um, people love her. Well, I know the main character, Amanda, is a painter. Mm -hmm. So, and we talked in the intro about the film being about art. Mm -hmm. So how does that play out in the film, and do we see some of her struggles through the art? Yeah, um, there's an art piece. You know, as she's waiting for her work to get curated, um, she's actually um, working on the last final piece for the, um, for the collection, for consideration. And um, so for her, there's this piece of art that speaks to her that wasn't the piece that she was going to initially, that she was working on. So you see her take the the piece that she's working on, she takes it off the, e the easel in one scene and she replaces it with this piece that's been sitting in the corner and it's kind of a dark piece. And, um, you know, an artist, you know, we as creators, we go ahead and we put a lot of our stuff in our work. So that's, how, that's kind of our therapy, you know, quite often, you know. Right. Um, so Amanda, she doesn't, she doesn't get therapy but she paints, and right. that is that for her. She's able to talk to the canvas, and she's able to, to, to put her stuff onto the canvas. And, um, and you know, and the tagline for the movie is, is, is Amanda is the name of the title, it's the title of the movie, but the tagline is The Art of Life. And so we put our life into our body of work, and sometimes we have um, artists and creatives who don't um, put the work out to the public Right? right, so people never see it, but then we have others who do put the work out to the public, and we we put it out there for people's interpretation. So you know, with Amanda, you know, she she struggles with being open to people. She's very reserved, but she does let this one person in who's been trying for like a year. Mm -hmm. You know, well, you talk about that this is somewhat based on your own personal experiences. So is that the cancer piece? Because I believe we talked last time that your mother had cancer. Yeah, yeah. My mom had cancer. She beat it. Um, and she was struggling with that and dealing with it. Um, she actually had her surgery, um, you know, when they took the, the, lymph, the lymph nodes out. Um, she had her surgery when I was, when I went to New York to make my other film, Mingle, which won some awards on the film festival circuit. And I believe even with that, I, the script, did not have anything to do with her, but I think the passion and what I put into it that day, because um, I drove to New York, I went to the video store to get a, a lens, <laughs> I went to Sloan Kettering where my, my mom was at. Mm -hmm. um, she was in, you know, she was in the procedure, having her procedure done, so um, my mother, my dad and my brother was there in the waiting, you know, the waiting area. So then I left them, went to the loft on 67th and Central Park West where I was filming, you know, set up everything, this and that, shot, filmed it, and then like at 12.30 at night, I left the loft when I wrapped that day, 
been through Central Park, <laughs> arrived to the hospital, and went upstairs. There was like, well, you know, there's no visitor. I said, not my mom. My mom is in there. I'm, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna go in there. <laughs> so they they let me in, <laughs> you know. And then I I sat with her. She was awake, and yeah. uh, she at least she woke up. And I sat with her for a few hours, and then went back to the loft and set, you know, and um, prepared for the next scenes and stuff, and shot that. So I think what I put into a man, I mean not Amanda Mingo that time, really came from that that energy for my mom and seeing her and you know and just praying for her yeah. and um and then so you know so now um and I wrote this one I wrote it dedicated to my mom and dad and my father I have family members who lost their life to cancer so you know Amanda so Amanda um mother died from cancer right I had family family members that died from cancer my immediate family mother and dad you know had their struggles and deal with it so for me it, it was I had to tell the story that kind of like was, the character was impacted by that, because I've been impacted by the loss as well. So do you get a lot of your therapy through writing these scripts and producing and directing, or? Yeah, You yeah. know, is it therapeutic, basically? Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't have um, Amanda go to get therapy. I, I had the therapy happen with her body of work and her painting, you know, what she loves to do, her passion. And the same for me, I never, I, ne I have never received therapy, I never saw, have seen a psychologist or a psychiatrist for anything. Um, but I think, um, you know, when I'm filming and I'm shooting and I'm editing and I'm directing, I'm, I'm um, engulfed in my, my craft, I tend to um, feel better. I feel like I can express myself um, through my characters. And why did you choose painting for this particular character? Was um, that a conscious thought? Is it based on anybody in your life? No, nah, I just thought that, you know, um, when you're filming, um, if you have some great compositions, um, you know, you have some, you know, you put that the art behind the craft, like that, you know, you, you know, everything that had to do with filmmaking and the visual presentation of it, when you do that, it's beautiful when you see beautiful art, right, right. <laughs> you know, beautiful paintings, you know. Um, and when you see the canvas, you know, and I saw, uh, you know, I saw, um, when I envisioned Amanda before I wrote it, I just saw her at an easel. Mm -hmm. And I saw the beautiful painting behind, on the wall, behind the easel. Like, you know, this is, I saw years ago. And, um, and I was like, all right, you know, so it spoke to me to do that, you know. What do you hope that film, goers who see Amanda will come away with after watching your film? Really, you know, the takeaway for me, at least, at least what I would like the takeaway to be um, for others would be to, um, you know, when you see your next door neighbor, you see your, the co-worker at work, you see, you know, anyone else that you just bump into, the person who you see every day at the coffee, um, at your coffee shop, um, understand that they have layers, you know, understand that you never know who's struggling, so just say a, say a kind word. Right. You know, say say hey, how you doing? Oh, I love your dress. Oh, I love your shirt. Oh, that blouse is really nice. Like, you just never know how those kind words can impact someone in their you know um, in their daily life. You yeah. just never know because you don't know. Just because they are smiling, doing their job to serve you, doesn't mean that they are feeling right. great. So, a kind word goes a long way, in my opinion. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and like Amanda, you know, Amanda is just a beautiful woman, um, inside and out. But she has her stuff, 
and she's um, she's forced to deal with that. She's forced to, she's actually forced to deal with the trauma. Yeah. And um, she reacts to the trauma. She reacts to something in her life um, based on the trauma, and the trauma is what makes her make decisions that um, you know um, that are, you know, that are I would say um, could be controversial. Tell us a little bit about your background, and I know it, but tell the audience a little bit about your background growing up and with your family. Yeah, well, um, I'm from Harlem, you know, the best place on earth. <laughs> so I'm, I'm from Harlem, New York, um, born and raised. Um, and, you know, I come from a very close-knit family. My family is from North Carolina, so they migrated up to, some of them migrated to New York. My mother and father migrated to New York before they had me, about um, two years before they had me, a year and a half or so. and. Um, so I come from a place where it's energy, it's grind. Um, New York, we don't make any excuses. We just do what, uh, whatever we want to do, you know. And we feel, you know, feel, we, we come with a level of confidence too. Right. You know, some people say that we're a little brash and we are, yeah, a little tough or not nice or friendly. And I get that because, you know, we, sometimes we don't trust people because we only trust our immediate circle. Um, and I come from that. But I also come from a place where my mother took me to see Broadway plays when I was young, um, off-Broadway productions and in New York. And so I, I was an artist then. I was a marketing, and finance, a marketing major in high school. I went to Norman Thomas High School for commercial education, which is located on 33rd and Park Avenue. So, um, you know, my, my path wasn't necessarily art, but I always wanted to be a creator of sorts. I wanted to be a fashion designer at one time, you know. Did not know that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I got accepted to FIT, the Fashion yeah. Institute of Technology. Yeah. And actually, um, Amanda, the lead character, have a, has a FIT uh, <laughs> uh, uh, special on, you know, in the opening scene. Like, I love the school. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love T um, NYU, too, um, to School of Arts, but I didn't go. Because um, um, I wasn't trying to be an artist in, of that kind of way. I, um, I was um, I, w I was more into marketing and finance and stuff like that, and but I did want to be a fashion designer um, and a buyer, you know. So, so I, I turned them down and I, I went to Norfolk State University for undergrad, and I became a marketing and finance major. So I just went back to marketing and finance, opposed to the design right. Or, right. or merchandising, and I started my business when I was in, um, in undergrad. Well, I was trying to get at the fact that you know you grew up in Harlem mm -hmm. and it's. It was a wonderful experience for yeah. you, but it wasn't always easy. No, I mean, well, you know, like I or told was you. was it? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was life. It was life. You know, Harlem was a beautiful place. You know, um, it was a place where, you know, I, I was born in the early 70s. So it was a place that, you know, um, just came out of the 60s, and it was about um, black power, you right. know, black empowerment, you know. So really it was that place of, like, culture, enrichment, and, you know, so, but it was Harlem, it was inner city, so it's Harlem, it's New York. Right. So, but for me, like I stated earlier, Amanda, you know, she don't know, she didn't know, she doesn't know her trauma, she doesn't understand how she's impacted by her trauma, because it's just something that she always been with since right. she was nine years old, you know, after her mother died, even before her mother died, right? So for me, you know, um, whatever hardships in New York were, what they were, it was, but it was just life. It was our community, and we loved it. You know, we loved one another. So, and the, that Harlem experience is what made me who I am today. Because I wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't be doing half of the things I do um, without that, 
that experience. Well, we are all come from our past experiences, mm -hmm. and they make us who they are. True. And you have such a love for community mm -hmm. that you bring to Charlottesville, where you live now. Mm -hmm. And you also give back to uh, the community in, yeah. in different ways. Yeah, definitely. And I remember the last time we talked, you were talking about how you want to get back to Harlem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm setting up the scholarship fund in my, comp in my family's name. And um, we're going to have that this year, you know, this summer. And, you know, we, I think we're going to give out the scholarship in January mm -hmm. opposed to now. You know, um, let the kids, not kids, but let these um, young adults go to school, get in school, and have skin in the game. Right. You know, get past that first semester. And then we give the awards out, you know, for the second semester. Which I think is very nice. Yeah, I think, I think you know, um, when I went to Norfolk State, I received a scholarship from um, my congressman, Charles B. Rangel. And it was under his brother's name, the Ralph, the Ralph J. Rangel Fund. So I think, you know, I have to get back. I, have, I, don't, I don't really have a choice. Like, it's like... We all have choices, but you're making the, yeah, the good choice. Yeah, I just... The code that I live by, it, it, it doesn't provide me a choice. I have to get back. Yeah. You know, I have to. So it's like well, I wish there were more people that had that kind of code because I think that that really is inspirational. And that's sort of one of the reasons why we do the show is to show that people can progress, mm -hmm. uh, learn a little bit more about themselves, that regardless of whatever, whatever sorry, mental health issue you have, you can turn that into a positive in right, some way. Right, right. You know, with the scholarship fund, for, it's, when I say it's my, I don't have a choice, you know, it's really truly your responsibility to take care of your, your community, particularly, to me, particularly where you come from. Because um, some people, they leave a certain type of situation, become successful, and they forget. They don't think about, since they left kind of young, they left when they were 18, they don't feel as though where they are came from that part of their life. They think they came from college right. or beyond. But the way you approach life, the way you move in this world, come from the experiences you had when you was a child, things you've, you've seen, even if you don't like it. Right, right. A lot of people here um, that I talk, talk with, I talk to a lot of kids here, when they leave here, they don't like it so much because, you know, lack of diversity, you know, it's a lot of the, you know, like, you know, certain race things and certain things that's in the schools that they don't like. So when they leave, they don't, they don't want to come back. They tend to come back when they get a lot older, their mother and father may pass on, they may have property, they come and get the property and do what they have to do. Or they may come back and retire here, right. who knows, right? Um, but the reality is, even though you may not have liked it, whatever seed that was watered when you were young here that you wanted to get out, <laughs> right. that thing right there is what helped make you where you are because you really wanted to get out so bad that you were so motivated to do something good. You were so motivated to go to college away from here. Right. Whatever, even if it's, it's a negative thing, but But you had that you had that support, right, in your yeah, family? Yeah, I had tons of support. And then Charles Rangel, you said? Yeah, I had tons of support. Which is great. What do you tell kids, younger kids, um, that don't have that support, what they Man, should do? Yeah. What advice do you have for them? If they're listening, if they're listening um, and willing to really take it in, you know, never give up. You know, always go outside of your, your surrounding to get information. You know, your mother or father may not be, may not have the depth to provide you with certain things, but the information is out there. Just kind of go out there and get it. 
lean on some of your professors, your teachers in school. You know, try to, it's, there's always opportunities for you to do better and learn. Um, I was on the artist retreat to, um, this weekend, right, in Lynchburg, my friend's farm. His, I, I, I created a video for my friend's six-year-old kid who's doing coding by scratch. Oh, wow. They're doing scratch coding. So I did a video, mm-hmm. and this guy is like your future your future genius. He's yeah. your future Steve Jobs. This guy, this young six-year-old. So we created a little documentary for him, like That's four, so great. a four-minute piece. You know, I love I, that. I did it with the phone. I didn't bring my camera, but I did it with the phone, and I showed him how to edit it. We did some editing, some B-roll footage. And he was so proud. So we, we that was part of his rep- that was part of his presentation for the artist retreat. Yeah, the six-year-old kid. That's a, awesome. You know, and met, this guy is so. Yeah, yeah, I have it on Facebook. It's yeah. on my Facebook page. We will yeah. look at it. Oh, yeah, tell people yeah. how to get in touch with you. you oh, got a um, Facebook page. Yeah, website. yeah, yeah. The website. The, the main way is the website. Um, is um lifeviewmarketingandvisuals.com. Lifeviewmarketingandvisuals.com. Or you can go lifeviewmarketing.com. You know, it goes to the same place. Um, I'm on Facebook, but you can go to Amanda the Film. So Facebook, you know, dot com forward slash Amanda the Amanda the Film. That gets to me. But we also on IMDb, I'm also on IMDb. I'm on IMDb as right. a writer, producer, director, and the film is on IMDb. So if you go to IMDb, then um, you just put up um, Amanda um, 2022. And I know that you're having two showings here in Charlottesville yes. in November. Yes, yes. I tried to get tickets. The first one was sold, sold, yeah, out. sold out. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Sold out months in advance. You know. So I'll be there on Saturday. Yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of that piece um, of this community. This community stands up for me, you know, um, and that's the thing about it. You know, when you, 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 you do things for the community, you put into the community, you always get back more than you put in. So just put in. Don't even think yeah. about it. Just yeah. put in. You know, if you, if, you, if you have to give a donation to organizations, just don't even think about it. Just, just do it because it makes it, it makes it a better place. And people have always stepped up for me to um, support me, you know. So November 12th. The, um, the first um, screening is sold out. Um, and then, so we have another one, November 13th. That's going to sell out. So I look forward to it. And so mm. what is your next project? Are you working on something or are you taking oh, a little yeah. break? Yeah, no, no, no breaks. We're I didn't think you were, but I thought <laughs> I would give you that opportunity to say you're taking a break. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I were taking a break, that wouldn't be an opportunity, an opportunity to say so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even look at it as an opportunity. I, I'd be upset. Um, <laughs> For me, I would say, um, oh man, I have a project, a film called Stain, a screenplay called Stain that I'm, I'm writing. Um, I have to do some research. I stopped writing it because I had to do some research on police. I love the title. What is yeah, it Stain. about? Got me curious. I don't want to talk about it too much. Okay. We won't yeah, talk about it. Yeah, but it's about a um, police shooting, but it's not your, that re- it's not the same old, same old. It's the same old, same old in a way, but then it's something that's really hugely different. That would make that makes it really interesting. Well, I, I think your films are more character driven and story driven. So when I think of a shooting, a police story, I think of more the action packed film. But I have a feeling this oh, no. is not going to be that. No, it's not. It's um, it's a lot of drama though. Yeah. You know, it, ter- it rips a family apart, and the focus, the actual focus, is on the child, his child, the police officer's child. That's the that's the focus, mm. and um, you know, I, um, the way I write, I write a lot about uh, I write real life, so there's unpleasant 
endings to a lot of my stuff. Right. You know, um, when I wrote my first stage play in 97 called Please Papa Don't, um, I killed the, um, the child, you know, the, um, the six-year-old um, kid. That's pretty heavy. Which was my daughter my, back oh, then. Oh, my. Yeah, so, wow. um, you know, she killed herself by accident because there was a gun in the house, you know. Um, so I dressed, the play was to address gun violence and a whole bunch of other social issues and um, gun, um, you know, guns left in the house and stuff like that. So she found it and it went off by accident at the very end. So I have a tendency of putting those onto the stage or the screen and there's no different with stain. Stain um, is deep. Yeah, stain is deep. Um, it's gonna take me a, a while. It's gonna take a lot of money to shoot it because I'm, I'm trying to have police stations, police right. officers, cars, a lot of extras. Right. It's gonna be a bigger production, but hey, Mingle was a tiny production. Amanda, the budget was like 30-something thousand. And then that one's going to be probably about 200,000, 300,000. Probably. Here's a question for you because, you know, you talk about the progress of your films and the cost mm -hmm. that it takes to produce them and you're sort of moving up the ladder, which I look as taking steps. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is there anything that scares you? Um, doing something that's not good, you know, doing something that's not... Um, the, the, without production value, you know. Um, it doesn't scare me to try, though. But not sticking the landing, um, it's, you know, that's... that's okay, so, that's so we've got fit, like two minutes you know. left. I mm -hmm. want to give you a minute to kind of help other people who have that same fear of trying. Yeah. Can you talk to that about how to get over that fear and just do it? Yeah. Um, I always say just do it. You know, I, I don't try to take the slogan from a Nike commercial, but... Um, really, truly, just do it. You know, you, you got to try it. Like, you try it, then you learn. I shot Mingle. Mingle won awards on a film festival circuit. You know, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, um, it was screened in overseas, in London, and West Coast, and Vegas, and I was out there, and I screened it during Park City. I, I screened it in Park City, Utah, during Sundance. Sundance didn't accept it. Right. But Sundance didn't accept 14,000 submissions at the time. So I think... It didn't accept me neither, my project, but I'm sure there's been some other filmmakers that was better than me, better projects, and they still wasn't accepted. So I was in good company. So when you, are, when you may be afraid to take steps, trust me, you're in good company. There's other people who get butterflies in their stomach and they're nervous when they get to set, but they do it, they kick in gear. Well, I understand you're probably not a big fan, but Barbara Streisand, mm -hmm has a fear of getting on stage every single every time. Every single time. Jennifer Lopez, too. And Jennifer Lopez. And there's a lot of celebrities yeah. or actors that have that fear. But I think when you face your fear, the worst thing is it, it doesn't turn out the way you want it to. Right. Doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, and you do it again. Ty, as always, a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. So proud of all that you've accomplished. And I'm looking forward to actually seeing Amanda in November. And, Thank um, you. Keep doing what you're doing, my oh, friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. And for all those out there, remember, every cloud has a silver lining. <laughs>